0: The reading is taken from Revelation chapter seven, starting at verse one. Revelation chapter seven, starting at verse one, that's on page one, two, three, nine. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God. And he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the earth and the sea, saying, "'Do not harm the earth or the sea,' 12,000 from the tribe of Benjamin were sealed. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honour and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? And I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation, For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes.
1: Thanks, Shan, for reading for us, and may I have my welcome to you all this morning. Happy New Year. Wonderful to see you here this morning at St. Helen's. Um, And with our verses in mind, my prayer for us is that 2023 would be a year of wholehearted perseverance in the Lord Jesus. Often the new year is the time when we're thinking ahead, we're setting priorities. Some of us might have very focused goals, very clear focus for 2023. Others of us, well, we might not be quite like that, but we may have hopes and dreams for the year ahead that are bubbling under the surface. And of course, if you get a newspaper today, it will be full of ways to make the most of 2023, or a list of books you could read on self-improvement for the year ahead. Perhaps you've read that classic one, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. A number of people will have read that. Well, the second habit is to begin with the end in mind. And what it means is, well, work out what your end goal is. And then shape everything around that. Well, we're looking in Revelation 7 this morning. It's part of a vision given to the Apostle John by the risen Lord Jesus. And it's a vision for the church. And it's a vision to help us begin 2023 with our certain future in view. Now, our weekend away back in November, we spent time studying Revelation chapters 1 to 3 together. And we read the words of the risen Lord Jesus to his church, words given to help the church through tribulations and trials that will come between his first and his second coming. Jesus wants us to understand that until he returns, the church will experience tribulation. There will be persecution. The church will have to contend with the trouble brought by false teachers, We may need to be watchful and we will need to be watchful of the temptation to drift away from Jesus when trials come, whatever they might be. And so the risen Jesus calls John and he calls him to come and look through the door into heaven to see a heavenly perspective on what's happening, on what's to come. And so Revelation 7 is a great place to start a new year because it helps us really with the key question Well, what will what do we need to have in mind to keep persevering wholeheartedly for Jesus in 2023? Because this is a vision of God's salvation. God's salvation which is sure for all who trust in Jesus. And as we look at chapter seven, well, it's worth getting it in context. And chapter 7 comes after chapter 6, as you probably imagine. And at the end of chapter 6, well, we get a question which sets up why chapter seven's there. Chapter 6 concludes with a picture, really a terrifying picture, of God's righteous final judgment. And verse 16, well, those who are facing it are crying out. Verse 16, they're calling to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who's seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come. And who can stand? Who can stand? That is, who will be safe when the Lord Jesus returns to judge the world? Because there will be a day when, when all tribulations end and God's right judgment falls on evil and wickedness. But who will be saved from it? Well, Revelation 7 answers the question. And we see in Revelation 7 a, a glimpse into heaven, giving great assurance that God's people will stand through final judgment and enjoy eternal, complete salvation, which he has accomplished for us. So what do we need to keep in mind to persevere wholeheartedly in 2023? Well, let's look at the chapter Revelation 7, verse 1. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, that no wind might blow on the earth or sea or against any tree. When John says, after this I saw, he's not saying that this is happening chronologically after final judgment, but this is just a phrase he uses throughout Revelation to say he's seeing another thing, another part of the vision. So... Instead of this following on, well, he's seeing something here that answers the question who can stand? So, you may have seen on the BBC Sport, they produced a video of the World Cup from unseen camera angles. And so, you got shots of the coach arriving at the stadium for the final, shots inside the change room with all the the shirts hanging up, and then really quite a lot of close ups of Lionel Messi's beard. Chapter 7 is a bit like that, but there's no random beer shots. It's a new camera angle on the vision, though. And what we see here is that before final judgment sweeps in, it's held back until all God's servants are sealed. Judgment is held back. Listen again from verse 1. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God. And he called out with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm earth and sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. So the image here, well, these great destructive winds of judgment. But they haven't yet blown. Four angels holding them back. And as they do, this other angel comes up from the rising of the sun, and he's holding something. And in Great Britain, the great seal of the realm is used to show the monarch's approval for state documents. And it now reads, Charles III, by the grace of God, of the Britons and his other realms, king, head of the Commonwealth of Nations, defender of the faith. But here, where well, the angel holds the seal of the living God. And that's the seal that matters. It echoes the seal in the book of Exodus as Aaron the priest was sealed with a mark on his forehead saying, holy to the Lord. It's the seal which sets God's people apart as his. It's the seal that keeps them safe, from judgment not a physical mark but a seal god gives and a seal god knows so think again of the old testament think of the passover and book of exodus god's people were slaves in egypt under the rebellious pharaoh who'd set himself up against god and god sent plagues on egypt in judgment and the final plague was the death of the firstborn son in each household and yet as god executed judgment on sin Well, he acted in salvation for his people. Those who were saved were the households who put the mark on their doorposts, the mark of a spotless lamb sacrificed. And so judgment passed over them. And it happened again in Ezekiel chapter 9. God's judgment was to fall on rebellious Jerusalem. Jerusalem. But there were those in the city who sighed and mourned and groaned over the sin and rebellion happening there. They were loyal to the Lord. And Ezekiel sees in their vision, well, a man with a writing case, and he comes and marks them for salvation. And so here in chapter 7, in Revelation, John sees the vision. Before final judgment, God will mark his people for salvation. They will be marked with his seal. And so who can stand? Well, God's servants will stand, sealed for salvation. And it really is all of them sealed. And that's what we get in verse 4. I heard the number of the sealed, 144,000, sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. And there's lots of repetition of sealed here. Twice in verse 4, then in verse 5, 12,000 from the tribe of Judah sealed. And by verse 8, 12,000 from the tribe of Benjamin were sealed. John, here's this number, 144,000, and this number has been used by sects like the Jehovah's Witnesses to claim that only 144,000 will go to heaven. But just a brief look at the text here makes it clear that is totally wrong. This number is symbolic, and it's a number really that speaks of assurance that every single one of God's people will be sealed for salvation. The voice John hears says they will be sealed from the tribes of the sons of Israel. So we think of the Old Testament tribes and we think of 12 tribes. And if we remember our times table square from school, we'll know that 12 times 12 is 144. What's the other 12? Well, most likely the 12 New Testament apostles, which Jesus appointed as the authoritative witness for the church, the true Israel. And so 144. A number symbolizing fullness, completeness, the full Old Testament and New Testament people of God. And then it's multiplied by a thousand, and a thousand is a number that simply means big number. So it's 144,000, 12,000 from every tribe. It's as if John hears the number, and what it says to him is great assurance, the vast and the complete fullness of the people of God will be sealed, each one known each one sealed, no one will be lost. And the list of the tribes actually underlines this. You might recall the first tribe of Israel was actually Reuben, not Judah, but this list begins with Judah. Well, why is that? Well, in chapter 4, we saw God is on the throne. He's on the throne of heaven. And in chapter 5, we saw Jesus is exalted at his right hand, the rescuing king. And he's announced as the lion of the tribe of Judah, who has conquered. He's conquered sin, and he's conquered death. He's conquered the devil. And so this isn't just a tribe's list. It's a salvation list. It's a list of God's people redeemed by the lion of the tribe of Judah. And so who can stand on the day of judgment? Well, here's a vision that reassures us. All God's servants will stand. The church will stand. Judgment's being held back until every one of them are sealed with the seal of the living God. In fact, whatever tribulation God's people face, well, the church is indestructible. Sealed for salvation. And more than that, standing in salvation. This is our second point. Have a look at verse 9. After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and with palm branches in their hands. John says, after this I looked. And again, it's not a chronological thing. It's another camera angle on the same event. Because in verse 5, he just heard a number. He heard the number. He didn't see anything. But here in verse 9, he looks and he sees what he was hearing about. And that blows out of the water any literal reading of the number 144,000. Because this is what it looks like to see it. A great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes, peoples and languages. A gathering so great it can't be counted. A picture of the complete gathered people of God. This is what salvation accomplished looks like. And did you notice how the language of verse 9 picks up the language of God's promise to Abraham that we had read earlier? God promised to Abraham, my covenant is with you and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. This was God's unconditional promise. His unconditional promise to gather a people for himself as an everlasting possession and to be their God. And the Bible story really is from Genesis to Revelation, God's promise the story of God's perfect commitment to keeping this promise. And then here we see it, a picture of total accomplishment. If you're a Christian here this morning, you are part of this. And we're an international group here this morning, people from Europe, Asia, Africa, the Americas, Australasia. It's a gathering including people from every nation, all tribes, peoples, and languages. And it's vast. It's multitudes. Did you see the picture of Buenos Aires from the air when everyone gathered to watch the World Cup be paraded through? Well, it might have been described as a multitude. And I'm told there were 100,000 people on the embankment last night to watch the fireworks. Well, this scene is so much bigger. In fact, God illustrated to Abraham what multitudes meant. He said, I'll surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and the sand of the seashore. I want to remember being in a field in Sussex in October at night. We were camping. It was cold. But looking up and seeing the Milky Way, utterly magnificent, just a vast number of stars. And if you can remember the summer, well, think of the beach. Sand everywhere, so many grains, too many to number. In fact, just think of your shoes when you got home from the beach. Sand everywhere, so many grains. Too many to number. Well, here, God's people, multitude, gathered. And what are they doing? Standing. Standing before the throne. They are standing in salvation. And so when it's tough to follow Jesus in 2023, well, this is a vision for us to look at again and to remember this is our future. This is what we're part of. This is the fulfillment of God's plan for all history. The indestructible church, sealed for salvation, one day to stand in salvation. In Revelation chapter 2, we read about a church in Smyrna who were told, for 10 days you'll have tribulation, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life, is what Jesus said to them. 10, a big number, times of suffering and persecution, even to death. Well, just think how this vision helps them keep holding fast to Jesus. They really will receive the crown of life. It's worth it. The church will stand in salvation. One of our mission partners who we pray for often is Joelle, and she is out in Cambodia. And her latest mission update letter tells us some women in the Krala tribe. And they are women who have come to trust in Jesus but are being persecuted for following him. So much so that they're being deprived of food. They lack food to eat. Well, think how this vision helps them persevere. Jesus shows them the end. They are sealed for salvation. That persecution will cease and judgment will fall and they will stand in salvation. And for us this morning, whether it's persecution or health trials or family difficulties, or the ongoing battle with sin, or perhaps this year the cost of contending in love and truth for the gospel, especially in the Church of England. Well, what will help us keep persevering wholeheartedly in 2023 for Jesus? Well, it's this vision, to know it's worth it, persevere, we will stand in salvation Perhaps over the next few days, it would just be worth rereading this chapter and asking the Lord to help you keep this in mind through the year, or perhaps to take some time prayerfully to consider, well, how will this shape 2023, our priorities, our hopes, our dreams for ourselves, our children, our friends, our colleagues, beginning the beginning the year with the end in mind so that we would persevere with the end in mind. But perhaps you're here this morning because you decided, well, 2023 was the year to explore the Christian message, or perhaps it was the year to come back to church after some time away. Well, this chapter focuses us in on the single most important question for all of us in 2023. Will we stand? Will we be in this great gathering? This chapter is given to us by the risen Lord Jesus who lives and rules the world today. And we would love here at St. Helens to help you understand what he's saying and what he's done so that you might stand in salvation. Perhaps consider joining us for one of our Christianity Explored courses starting soon or asking a friend to take you through one of the gospel accounts of Jesus' life so you can see for yourself. God will accomplish salvation for his people. And the more we gaze on this, even in the midst of trials, well, it will bring us to praise. Did you see what God's people were doing around the throne? Verse 9 at the end there, they were with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God and who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Holding palm branches, a picture of salvation. At the triumphal entry when Jesus was entering Jerusalem, people held pr- palm branches, and shouted, Hosanna, literally, bring salvation. And so everything in the scene is about praising God for accomplishing it. Salvation accomplished by the Father through the Son. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And then the camera zooms in closer to the throne, and we see angels and elders and these living creatures standing there, and they fall on their faces before the throne. And they worship God saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And I've just been personally very struck by the simplicity of this as we keep the end in mind, as we keep gazing on our salvation. Well, more and more we'll be able to say, verse 12, whatever's going on. Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, and thanksgiving, and honor, and power, and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. A great multitude will stand in salvation. But we might be asking, well, who exactly will be there? Perhaps over Christmas, things didn't go so well for us, Christianly. Perhaps this talk of living wholeheartedly, well, to be honest, we feel really quite lethargic about it all. Perhaps we're thinking, well, how can we take hold of this vision with confidence? Or perhaps we don't yet trust Jesus, but we're beginning to see the question that matters is, will we stand? And so we're asking, what do I need to do to be there? Well, verse 13. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. I think the elder asked John the question to focus his attention on the answer. Who are these people before the throne? Well, this is a picture of God's people emerging from tribulations, safe into salvation. On the 18th of January, the charity Open Doors will publish their world watch list for 2023 They'll do that before MPs at Westminster, and they'll highlight the 50 countries where Christians face the most extreme persecution currently. 50 countries. Well, this is a picture of these brothers and sisters emerging from tribulations. It's a picture of the women of the Krala village emerging from tribulation. It's a picture of every Christian, of us, emerging And God's people emerge from tribulation and stand in salvation because they've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Now, this is a strange image, isn't it? Washing robes in blood to make them white. Some of us may remember the adverts from the 1990s on British TV of the Daz Doorstep Challenge. Shane Ritchie, a presenter of the era, would go around knocking on doors and challenge people to use Daz in their washing machine. And you get the classic before and after of T-shirt with chocolate stains and mud coming out sparkling white. But here it's not detergent, getting mud out of ch- and chocolate out of T-shirts. Here is the blood of the Lord Jesus, shed when he died on the cross, a real event in human history, bringing cleansing from sin. The true spotless Passover lamb, dying as a substitute in the place of all who depend on him, carrying God's judgment on sin for us and bringing forgiveness. Jesus' blood satisfies God's wrath at our rebellion so that we can stand safe on the day of wrath. The penalty for sin is paid. Jesus' blood washes away guilt before God and leaves us right before him. Jesus' blood cleanses us from shame so that we can stand before the throne. And to wash our robes in Jesus' blood well, is to depend on his death on the cross for forgiveness and then to hold fast to him through tribulations. That's what Jesus says to the persecuted church in Philadelphia in chapter 3. Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that's coming on the whole world. And to the church in Laodicea who have drifted from Jesus, he says... To those, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. It just may be that we've drifted from Jesus and need to turn back to him in repentance and confess our sin. Jesus calls that being zealous, and he's waiting with open arms to receive us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness all who hold fast to Jesus in dependence on the cross will emerge from tribulations and stand in salvation. And it is a great salvation. Just listen to verse 15 through to 17. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more. Neither thirst any more, the sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. These verses describe the experience of salvation in rich language, a picture of perfect relationship with God, a vision of service and shelter, satisfaction and shepherding. Tribulation is over and God's people stand before him and they serve him as they were made to do. And he is with us just as he promised to Abraham, sheltered with his presence, literally tabernacling over his people. Life in the holy of holies, the most alive we can ever be in the presence of God. And it's a place of complete safety and satisfaction. Did you see verse 16? They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. God's people from all nations, coming out of the tribulation into abundance, like those returning from battle with the scars of war, no, no more to thirst or hunger. The women of the Krala tribe, who lack now, will never again experience scarcity, trial or trouble. But instead they will rest under the eternal rule of the Lamb, who is shepherd. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. He will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There are echoes of Psalm 23 here, the psalm we said together earlier. And Psalm 23 is a psalm for now. It's a psalm for today. The Lord is our shepherd right now, who leads us through tribulations to this salvation. Hold fast to him. And yet here we see Psalm 23 forever as we enjoy the care of the good shepherd face to face, salvation in its fullest, Jesus the lamb by the throne giving life abundantly from streams of living water, and God the Father seated on the throne, wiping away every tear from every eye. Service and shelter, satisfaction and shepherding, Salvation enjoyed forever. What will keep us persevering wholeheartedly for Jesus in 2023? Well, we'll keep the end in mind. Salvation is certain because judgment is held back until all God's people are sealed, and a great multitude will stand who've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Shall we pray together? Heavenly Father, we thank you that through the death of the Lord Jesus at the cross, we know salvation is certain for all who depend on him. And we thank you for giving us this glimpse of that final day when we'll be gathered with you around your throne as you accomplish your promised salvation. Thank you for showing it to us now. And please help us to keep it at the front of our minds so that we would persevere wholeheartedly as followers of Jesus in 2023.